This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani here on Odyssey's Minnesota Vikings podcast. Please follow, like, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you're getting every episode um, on your phone the second it comes out. Dane, we talked about how this team's play has been mm, meh, sometimes uh, inconsistent, frankly, not good for three quarters at a time. But that's not true for this unit, and it's probably the least likely unit we would have said this for heading into the season. And, and it's fair to say I think this might be the biggest reason why they're 4-1. The offensive line, uh, just like I, I know the stats, I'll bear this out too. PFF, Pro Football Focus, ranks this team well. ESPN, in terms of win rate uh, on the offensive line, like ranks this team well. I just going off the eye test like this Vikings offensive line has been really good. Um, there are very few times where I think Kirk Cousins has no chance on a play um, because he's just getting bull rush. And I watch enough other games to see the bad offensive lines, mm-hmm. uh, to see the groups where it's like like the Rams. It's like, oh, like there is no chance they can do anything. Um, Minnesota is not putting Kirk Cousins in those spots. The running game has been pretty consistent, like. This much maligned unit for years, um, and frankly, we had so many questions coming into the year, and they've answered the bell on most of them. Yeah, it's stunning. <laughs> I thought this team was—I thought this this unit was going to be the Achilles' heel of the Vikings, and, and it's arguably been their biggest strength outside of Justin Jefferson. This is not a knock on Kirk Cousins, but like he's still not that great at navigating a pocket. He has shown the ability to do so. A little bit better over the last couple of years, especially this year. That third and five against the Bears on that final drive was huge. Um, kind of manipulating his way out of the pocket and running for that first down. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm saying like a lot of times quarterbacks can make their offensive line look right. really, really good by like just sliding step here, slide stepping here, breaking contain. Kirk's not doing that that much because he, he's not having to do that very much because the offensive line has been so good so th- that's that tangent is is not to take a shot at Kirk Cousins it's to say no. sometimes quarterbacks can make their offensive line look good and better than they are right now the Vikings offensive line is just good um they're proving to be good they're holding up in pass protection quite well um I think I saw zero pressures from Darisaw Bradbury in Cleveland yesterday or on Sunday um a lot of that might come from the fact that Akeem Hicks no longer plays for the Bears but yeah, fair it, enough. it matters um, and I think when we just kind of look at this whole thing as a scope, like you watched week one and you were like, Kenny Clark blew up the game plan. Like this is only going to get worse. And it's progressively got better since then. Um, and like the fact of the matter is like the star of this offensive line, as good as Brian O'Neill is on the right side, it's been Christian Darisaw. He has been an absolute star on, on the left side of the, the, the offensive line. It's not just the fact that he's ranked third out of left tackles and according to pro football focus, the analytics say he's been one of the best left tackles in the league. It's the eye test that you talk about. Watch, go watch, just go Twitter search Christian Darisaw. If you're, if you're listening to this at home, there's a clip of him just absolutely bulldozing Robert Quinn, who's a good pass rusher, a very, very good pass rusher. That was a, that was a tough matchup. I think heading into this week against the Chicago Bears, I think you were wondering how is this young left tackle going to stack up against one of the premier pass rushers in the league in Robert Quinn? He destroyed him. He ate him up, uh, didn't give up a pressure. And the, the play I'm talking about in particular, he gets him right out of the, the after the snap, gets him in his in his clutch and just drives him five yards forward and, and, and finishes on top of him. Um, you've seen Christian Darisaw do that 
a few times this year, and he continues to do that. Um, I, I really think they have something special with with, with him at, at left tackle. And, and you pair that with Brian O'Neill on, on the other side, on the bookend of that. He's been up and down at times this year. I, I don't think he's been as spectacular as he's been in the past. But if you have those two guys, like you're set. And, and then the other interior guys are filling in after that. Um, surprisingly so, I would say. Um, I think if you expected anyone to be good this year, it was going to be Brian O'Neill, and you just hoped that Christian Darisaw was going to be good because he was a first-rounder. That's proven to be the case. I think everything else has kind of been a pleasant surprise. Um, Sands and Ed Ingram, who's kind of struggled as a rookie. Yeah, I almost wonder if like Brian O'Neill looks worse by comparison now because it's like in the past we're like no Brian O'Neill's playing really well and they compare him to Christian Derrissaw it's like ah oh, not as good as Derrissaw um so sorry Brian O'Neill I think by association there you you get yourself in trouble um Christian Derrissaw that was like the path we saw for this offensive line right like heading into the year was like well if he becomes one of the best tackles in football um yep. maybe this unit can survive and he's become one of the best tackles in football um by a lot of accounts, like you said, you know, like this was a, a matchup that should have been difficult and it was not. Uh, he dominated it. Uh, he's really good, I think. Uh, and that is a little bit like as, as we it's funny because we've seen so many of like the Rick Spielman picks, like the mid rounds, late rounds. They got traded off and it was like, well, bad draft, bad draft. And it largely was. But like it looks like he maybe got that one right. Um mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> moving back and still getting Darisaw, I still think if you like a tackle, you should just take him at 14 and not trade back and think maybe they'll be there at 21. Uh, but it worked out for Minnesota. Uh, and now you look at this unit. I would still say Darisaw is the only one where I like trust him uh, in like a, a big matchup because like, yeah, there are good defensive lines, but like you look at these defenses in general, like, okay, the lines are horrible. They just gave 29 points to Bailey Zapp. Uh, the Saints just gave up 32 to Seattle at home. Um, and then this Bears, like they've been solid, um, frankly, for a lot of the year. But it's not like they haven't faced like a fearsome unit. I don't know how to hold up against like w- some of the better defenses in the NFL. Uh, but like Darisaw, I trust against just about anybody. And Brian O'Neill, I trust to not like kill you. And the interior guys, like that's still the, the biggest issue. But like I think when you have two good tackles, like you can kind of scheme around it or you can plan around it, right? Like. You can say like, hey, we're going to double this guy in the interior because they're only bringing four and we're going to trust Ezra Cleveland maybe to hold up one-on-one in this spot um, because we know our tackles are good. And then I do give a lot of credit to Kevin O'Connell probably saying like, okay, here's what we have. How can we scheme this to where like we're not putting our guys in bad spots all the time? Um, And I think it's just a combination of everything. But it starts at Derisop because if you don't have guys you can leave one-on-one, it's impossible uh, to come up with anything where your game plan isn't destroyed by the defensive line. But he has been like a cheat code for them where it's like a shutdown corner. It's like, okay, we know this guy can guard this receiver and we can use all the rest of our secondary to cover the other guys. Like Christian Derrissaw is that right now for this offensive line. And when O'Neill can hold his own too, like now you can play three on two on the interior and football gets a lot easier from there. So they do have like two pillars who could be pillars for a long time. And maybe we don't have to talk about this offense stinking uh for the next five years yeah it's it's frankly a breath of fresh air that that they have two tackles that are competent i think you're right about brian o'neill like all the all the stats and the metrics say he's been great through the course of his career but he's also been compared to like rashad hill and i you know i don't even know who else would play left tackle like under them like a bunch of names you don't want to remember a bunch of names i don't have to remember um but the fact that the Vikings now have 
a bona fide left tackle, a bona fide right tackle, and you can fill in in, in the gaps from there. I'll just run through the PFF ranks through, through week five. Yeah. Christian Dare saw a third out of 70 tackles. Insane. Brian O'Neill, 14th out of 70 tackles. Really, really good. Good. Here's here's a surprising one. Ezra Cleveland, 10th out of 70 guards. That that's and then he was really, really good against the Bears. Um, like you said, I don't know if, if if I feel comfortable saying like Ezra Cleveland is a top-notch guard yet, but maybe he's trending in that direction. Maybe he is. Um, I it, need to see more. It was right. like he was a great run blocker before. Um, so usually when you can do one, like you're you're if you can overpower somebody in one play, you can probably figure out the other one. I know like it's different with your feet and whatnot, but like there was something there with Ezra Cleveland. So I'm not surprised he took a jump. I didn't think it'd be this big. Yes, but I, I think we would both agree needs to be more sustained. Um, if he's 10th out of 70 in week 12, like then I'm like, okay, Ezra Cleveland is a good is a good guard now. Ed Ingram, 33rd out of 70 guards. It's just average. It's average. It's not below average. It's not horrendous. Um, there have been times where he, he doesn't look great. He is a rookie, though. Go ahead. And doesn't that tell you, like, as we've seen that editing room, and it's like, oh, on some plays. And he's 33rd out of 70. Like, that's what I'm telling you. Like, watch the other teams play. Like, some of these offensive lines are hideous. That means there are 37 guards playing regularly worse than Ed Ingram. Um, so, some of these teams have no chance uh, when you watch their offensive snaps. Like, So you, when you think Ed Ingram's bad, know that he is better than more than half of the guards. Like, That's where that's how good this line has been, um, and that's how bad a lot of lines are. For sure. And I have zero um, proof of, of what I'm about to say next. But like, the Vikings guards in, in the past two or three years – have been ranked way lower than, than 33rd. I, that's, right. I can guarantee that. Yes. They um, and, and the fact that he is, Ed Ingram has been far and away the person who's garnered the most criticism on the, on the offensive line. And the fact that he is still in the top half of, of players at his position. Yes. Um, very good thing. And then Garrett Bradbury, <clears throat> who we all just slam throughout you know, the preseason training camp uh, off season, how could the Vikings not replace this guy? All of it felt pretty merited. He he's kind of sucked throughout his NFL career to this point. 11th out of 37 centers. Very, very good. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, I don't know the intricacies of what is different in his game. I know Chris Cooper, the, the new offensive line coach is someone that Kevin O'Connell continues to praise. He clearly has these guys playing confident. Like you said, I think, when you have a guy like Christian Darrisaw and a guy like Brian O'Neill that you can kind of leave one-on-one, it, it allows you to kind of manipulate the line in certain ways. This is, could also just be Garrett Bradbury taking a step finally, to, to taking the next step finally, improving um, for the first time really since his rookie year. It's almost ironic that like Rick Spielman finally built a good offensive line. <laughs> yeah. And he's not here for it. On the way out. <laughs> like, uh, and, and a lot of it is like guys just kind of <laughs> developing who he drafted in the past. And and I don't and we don't know, frankly, if if the staff that was in place previously would have developed this group into this. Maybe like this group is getting the most out of them, frankly. Like, but it, but clearly it shows that there was talent there um that just had to come along, and it has come along, and I think the coaching staff deserves a big credit for it. But like man, I did not have on my bingo card like the offensive line being the most stable, consistent, good thing about this team sans like you know what frankly they've been more consistent than justin jefferson which is they amazing have. like so like they've been the most consistent thing on this team um 
I would have said they would be the most consistently bad. And so, yeah, that was it's we prognosticate, we predict, we discuss these things all offseason. And yet it you can't it's football like the NFL. You can't always the, the unpredictable happens. And this would be more like if you were looking at it from a national scope, you'd say and you cared about the Vikings, which like, you know, ESPN and whatnot, they don't probably. Uh, but you would say like this offensive line being good is one of the bigger surprises in the NFL. Um, and but yet again, like they they figured it out. And like, I I don't see it being something that's going to fall off. I think there are games where they might not look great, but I think consistently week to week, I think we can kind of expect this. And that just kind of unlocks so many things from Minnesota and what they want to do. Yeah. And, and, and it all, I think it all goes back to O'Neal kind of, but Darisaw yep. mainly. And, and we saw this, we saw this last year with Rashawn Slater with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, he's out for the season. I think he tore his bicep. Sounds super painful. But there, w- there was a point in time where Rashawn Slater was just continuously grading out at the top of PFF's list. Um, he was someone who, and I, I keep mentioning Rashawn Slater because that was someone a lot of Vikings fans had, had circled on their their draft charts the, 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 the year that the Vikings took Christian Darisaw. At a certain point, it was like Rashawn Slater's one of the best left tackles in the league. I think we're going to see something similar with Christian Darisaw. I think this is kind of the start of his like meteoric rise. I think pretty soon here, like everyone in the market's talking about him now. He had that little moment last week with, with Kirk Cousins wearing his chain and, you know, you could kind of see the human side of him and he, he had, you know, a scrum in front of his locker for the first time all year. Like he's getting this attention locally it's going to start happening nationally. I think it's only a matter of time before Christian Dare saw someone people are as much as national pundits talk about offensive line, which is, not yeah, it's not a lot. Like Trent but, Williams is one of the best players in football. I know he's hurt, obviously, but he, right. it's not, he wasn't getting discussed on a weekly basis. Right. It just doesn't happen. You might get, you'll get talked more about within your own games broadcast. Basically. Sure. Um, but it will be something where they're like, Hey, this guy, Christian Dare saw, he, he's one of the best left tackles in the league. And I think that'll just become an established point. Um, and that's huge for the Vikings. Um, can't overstate that enough. The offensive linemen, like the best ones, your recognition comes via the paycheck um, <laughs> far more than the national attention. The yep. running backs attention comes via like the pundits and the discussion. The offensive line comes in via the dollar, uh, which frankly, I would probably prefer that. So Christian Darisaw, when your time comes, uh, you will see your recognition in the form of of the check that comes in. I'm um, in the contract that you signed, but yeah, it's it's it it is going to become one of those names, and it should be pretty quick because this was just a first round pick a year ago. Um, yep. so it should be somebody who was still on everybody's radar, and now it's like, oh, okay, yep, there he is. Um, and he was hurt at the start of last year, like didn't get off to a start. Like maybe he could have reached this even sooner, but I think we saw some glimpses last year that was like, oh, there's probably something there. And now though, like this is elite. Um, so he's definitely anchoring a really good unit, and. Man, if you can anchor this unit, like you can anchor any unit. Uh, and I just think like this gives when you have Darison O'Neill, and I and we'll wrap this segment up. It's gone too long anyway, but it makes it so much easier for the Vikings to like manage the salary cap with the interior. Be like, we don't have to spend a ton here. We just have to fit pieces around those two. Um, and that makes it really easy for team building purposes moving forward. 